Akeisha. Yes, greetings, Queen. Greetings, greetings. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm well. I'm well. Hold on. Get some headphones on. Yes, hello. Can you hear me, Queen? Yes, I Yes, awesome. Okay, let me let me um let me make sure you're all right, awesome. So if you give me a couple minutes, I'm gonna go ahead and introduce. Yes, hello? Uh uh-huh. can you hear me? Yes, yeah, yeah, I can hear you, Clay. Yeah, okay. if you give me a couple minutes, I'm gonna go ahead and do an introduction and then I'm gonna introduce you, okay? Okay. All right, awesome. So like I said, everyone, tonight is going to be a very special guest, and we are going to go ahead and get started. So all my Facebook viewers, um, just just know that this is going to be an awesome, awesome podcast interview with Queen Akisha T. Shabbat. So let's get started. Greeting, wholeness, balance, and vibrations to all. Welcome to the Truth Revealed campaign, TRC. I am your host, Princeton Oluwale Martin Jr., better known as Palm J, who's dedicated to bringing you the most in truth. Please sit back, or forward, and get ready for the truth train ride. I want to give thanks for all those joining us tonight. We have a very special guest in the house. I mean, a very special guest. All right. I know you can be anywhere in the world right now, but we greatly appreciate you stopping by to listen to us. If you are not a truth seeker, if you are a lover of lies, this podcast will not serve you any purpose. However, The information revealed may cause cognitive dissonance. If you are the lover of truth, please proceed and it shall set you free. So, tonight, like I said, we have a very special guest and I'm going to introduce her. And after I introduce her, she's going to have an awesome discussion with me. And you are going to get to know her and get to see what she's all about and all the great work she's doing for the community. But without further ado, I would like to introduce, I like to call her Queen Ike, but she's formerly known as Aikisha T.L. Shabazz. She's actually an Esquire. Miss El Shabazz grew up in Jamaica, New York, more specifically South Jamaica, in the housing development called South Jamaica Houses, a.k.a. 40 Projects. It was growing up in the environment where she witnessed the injustice of the criminal justice system and police brutality that fostered her decision to become an attorney. Ms. El Shabazz became an attorney to give her voice to the voiceless and provide vigorous and zealous representation to a segment of the community seldom protected by the legal community. She earned her Juris Doctor degree from New York Law School in June 2001. She served as the Vice Chair of New York Law's Moot Court Association from 2000 to 2001. While attending law school, she worked as a criminal investigator for the New York County Defender Services. Ms. El Shabazz also holds a Bachelor's of Science degree in Criminal Justice from John Jay College of Criminal Justice. Ms. El Shabazz served as an Assistant District Attorney for New York County, assigned to the Office of Special Narcotics Prosecutor from September 2001 to June 2006. Ms. El Shabazz prosecuted felony narcotics crimes and conducted investigations in into narcotics organizations. As an assistant district attorney, Ms. El Shabazz prosecuted over 500 felony narcotics cases and gained extensive trial experience. While at New York County District 
attorney's office, Ms. El-Shabazz worked closely with the criminal, with the community affairs division lecturing at high schools on subjects including gang violence, arrest to sentencing, internet safety, and hate crimes. Ms. El-Shabazz was appointed an adjunct professor of law at New York Law School from September 2002 through May 2004, where she co-taught applied analysis. In June 2006, after leaving the district attorney's office, Ms. El-Shabazz went into her private practice, her own private practice, as a criminal defense attorney. She has had great success defending clients in matters that range from murder, rape, and robbery to weapons possession, assault, and petty larceny. Ms. El-Shabazz is also currently an adjunct professor at New York City Technical College in Brooklyn, C-U-N-Y. Ms. El-Shabazz has been an outspoken critic of the criminal justice system as well as the prison industrial complex. She has participated in many panel discussions, demonstrations, lectures, and the likes on the matters from stop and frisk, gang violence, cyber crime, police citizen encounters, and more. Ms. El-Shabazz has dedicated herself to informing the general public about the pearls of the criminal justice system. She believes that the information is power, and when people know better, they do better. Here, I am, I'm, am I free to leave? Her Am I Free to Leave movement has sparked a nationwide following in the wake of numerous police shootings of on, of on, on, on black men. Ms. El-Shabazz is also a mother. She has two sons, ages 22 14, and 14, and they are, they are her force behind her passion. Ms. El-Shabazz is also a nationally qualified physique competitor. And if y'all are into the bodybuilding, that's NPC. We're going to get into that discussion later. <laughs> she says bodybuilding is her hobby that gives her an outlet for her frustration and helps keep her sane. You can find Ms. El-Shabazz on social media under Ike Speaks, which is a platform she's dedicated to Sandra Bland who was silenced when she was found dead in her cell under suspicion, suspicious circumstances. So I did my best to even summarize all of her accolades and all of her awesome works. So I am not even going to continue to speak. I'm going to go ahead and just keep silent and I'm going to allow Miss Ike, Queen Ike, if you will, to join our conversation. Yes, Queen. Good evening, good evening, greetings, greetings. Thank you for having me. Thank you for a wonderful introduction. I told you it would be long, that bio, very long. But you did a great job with it. Welcome. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, I'm so grateful for you to make yourself available to be on this podcast tonight. And um, Queen, I don't know why, but you're coming in kind of low. Is it possible um, uh, if you can put your speakers, not your speakers, but your volume well, up a little bit? So, okay, there it is. Right, right okay. there, right there. There you go. Perfect. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. So, yes. Um, so, like I was saying, I thank you so much because I know you're a very busy individual and you got so much going on. And I will. I just appreciate you just making yourself available for this podcast. But um, I just want you to, you know, let the audience know, besides what I just told them about who you are, just give them anything that I left out that you would like to highlight. Sure, sure. Well, you said most of it. I'm a former prosecutor. I'm currently a criminal defense attorney and an adjunct professor and a mom. Um, I also yes. have a book out right now. It doesn't have anything to do with the law. It actually has to do with health and fitness, particularly as it relates to black women. It's a book called Black Girl Slim. It's available on Amazon. Um, yes. And it, it, it speaks to black women and our particular struggle with our weight. Um, so 
you know, I try to deal with, I'm a healer, so I try to deal with um, our people and the things that I can help heal um, in a number of different ways. And so the law is only one way in which I I was sent to heal, right? And so yes. I try to contribute in a number of different ways. So and bear with me this evening because I am home. Um, and so you may hear my dog bark, my dog oh, no, bark every now and then because they are like that. Um, yes. But uh, other no, than you're that, fine. you're fine. Okay, 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 yes. good. Yes, and I'm also a father of two boys as well. Okay. Twins. Okay. Um, yeah, one is 18 months, just turned 18 Aww. months on the 5th. Aww. <laughs> and another is four months, just turned four months on the 30th. Oh, so, wow. Okay. Yeah. So you know I'm busy too. <laughs> yes, you are. You got your hands full. Yes, I remember those days. Mine's a grown yeah. now. But I remember. <laughs> yeah, so I if do. you hear anything in the background too, please forgive me as well. <laughs> sure, sure. Listen, we got work to do and we got we have families and you know, we we have to be committed to the cause, but we also have to take care of them. So That's right, that's right. So um I'm going to I, I, I like this um discussion to be uh, very, you know, informal. Like, just imagine me sitting right there in your home, on your sure. couch, and just having a discussion. So I want you to be as open and as forthcoming as possible because I, I want my audience to really get to know who you are because I, I felt so deeply um, connected to you when I first um, came across your, 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 just what you do and everything that you, you're about. And I was like, oh my goodness, this, this woman, this queen, um, reminds me, um, if you will, of one of my favorite, um, um, I would call a superhero, uh, not only Sojourner Truth, but, well, she's also the, the, the mother of all the, the struggles. And, um, right. Wow. Thank you for that. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. I'm humbled. Yes. Um, I am. I am incredibly yes. humble. Yeah, I'm just trying to do my part. You know, I'm a legal informationalist, and these are the things that our people and most people aren't taught anywhere. Right? This is not what to do if the police arrive at your door and want to speak to your children or want you to come down to the precinct is not something you learn in school. They don't teach that in school. And so there is no mechanism for us to get the information that will keep us safe. Unless people like me who have that information are willing to give it to us um, on the arm, basically. That's right. That's right. And and what I wanted to say was um, you reminded me not only of Sojourner Truth, but also Harriet Tubman. that's, That's who I, like, envisioned. That's who I felt when I first came across you and I was like, oh my goodness, she is so powerful. And yes. And and I know how you, I just can sense how you are when you're in that courtroom. You are nothing to mess with. I just know that. I know that. I I, I, I know that. I just feel like, oh, I know what that. I know they feel the trembling. And I know when that other uh, 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 defense or criminal, uh, you know, prosecutors in front of her, I know they feel the tremble because you come in with heavy weight. With all yeah. of what you have to give, and your your yeah. just your your energy, your spirit, it speaks yeah. through the TV, it speaks through the internet, it speaks through your voice, you know. Yeah. So yeah. I just want you to know that that's how I think. Thank you, and thank you, thank I, you. I appreciate it. Yes, to to get a, a a gist of who you are. But um, what I want to do is just find out from you, if you will. Um, what are some common myths about being a, a criminal defense? Uh, you know, attorney, what would you say um, in general? Uh, A couple of common ones is that we know that our clients are guilty Mm and we are morally corrupt um, because Mm -hmm. we represent guilty people, um, which Mm -hmm. obviously is not true. Um, That's right. That we make, you know, we we compromise our own integrity. We'll do anything to win. I mean, it's not just criminal defense attorneys, but lawyers in general. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, we're not we're not in tune with what's happening in the real world, right? Because maybe there's a disconnect once you reach a certain echelon um, in society that maybe you you don't really know what's going on with the common folk, um, so to speak, you know? So there, yeah. there's a lot of people are very surprised when they may take a ride with me or something and, and I'm bumping, you know, hip hop or whatever may have you. 
Um, yeah. And they're like, you you listen to that? And it's, it's like, you know, <laughs> put me in a box. Don't put me in a little yeah. box. I'm, I'm, I'm I different in a, lot, in a lot of different ways. Um, and so there's yeah. a lot of, there's a lot of myths. Um, that we don't care, that we work with prosecutors, that's a, law, a, a big one, um, that criminal defense attorneys don't care about their clients. And I'm sure that there are some, I think that's true for any profession. Um, yes, you know, I there agree. are some good ones and some bad ones in every, in every profession. Um, but yes. the, the biggest myth, I think, in our community is that defense attorneys work with the prosecutor um, in some, you know, surreptitious way to get you locked up. Um, yeah. or something to that effect and, uh, and that's just not true um, I can tell yeah. you right now fight like hell um, yeah. and I do not work with prosecutors in any way um, that would disadvantage my client yes yes yeah. and so I know you have I'm sorry go ahead go ahead, go ahead. Now, well the, the other one I wanted to touch on just briefly because people um, have this notion that we are you know the, the, the scum of the earth um, because we know that we're representing guilty people um, and we don't know we have no way of knowing we were not there we wasn't yeah. with the client we, we wasn't with them shooting in the gym we just we just we're not an extension of the client um, yeah. we don't we're not condoning what they are accused of um, by representing them we we have taken an oath just like any other office of the court to make sure that the people the prosecutor yeah. um, is put to their burden that you know they have a burden the burden of proof beyond a reasonable doubt and if they are unable to meet that burden then that person must go free it is not about whether he not, he did it or not unfortunately that's not what the court system is about the court system is about whether or not what was done can be proven and yeah. i think that there's a big disconnect a lot of times um when people think oh well you know oj uh, mm -hmm. He was found not guilty. Well, being found not guilty is not the equivalent of being innocent. Mm. It means mm. that they were not able to prove that you were guilty. It does not mean that you were, in fact, innocent. Yeah. Right? And so we have to make sure that we understand um, the system, especially when we have trials like, you know, Amber Geiger, and um, there's a trial, uh, the Anthony Hill trial that's going on in Atlanta. Um, there was mm -hmm. a police officer who was just recently acquitted, I believe, in West Virginia. Um, so, you know, we need to be well-versed when it comes to what's happening in the court system. And unfortunately, there's no vehicle, there's no mechanism for us to learn these things. Um, and so that's yes. where I'm trying to fill in the void. Wow. That is, that is beautiful. That's awesome. Um, I'm, I'm just glad that you were able to be that living embodiment, embodiment of that that debunking that in that whole mess. I'm glad yeah. that you standing because that's what you did for me as well because I'm not going to lie. I was one of those who would sit back and think the same everything that you did describe, I would think that. But you right. know what changed my my whole perspective on that, Quinn? What? It was you. Wow. After I like I said I come across like, oh my goodness, so there are some real real people right. out there who really care who really yeah. want to help people and that changed mm -hmm. my whole perspective because most of my life that's all I saw you know right. that's all right. I saw was oh man the system is you know I can't really I can't deal with them because they're not about helping us they're not right. trying to help us but they're, it's not that they're not, they're not about trying to help us there are people within there that's trying to advocate on our behalf and right. I see you as one of those individuals so you helped change my whole perspective after right. witnessing everything you've done and I my whole idea of the criminal system is different now I that's see it awesome that's awesome yeah I can pay for that yeah awesome. and I and I and I also am on your IT speak uh the the YouTube and I watch your videos you know how yeah. when you get stops the stuff you, that you need to do and all the right things, right right and right I really and I appreciate that those knowledge yeah yeah, yeah. you know and it's important. I, I try to get people to share those videos, and I know I need to keep doing them because I have to yes, keep them in circulation. So I, I, and you know, I, I sometimes think, well, I said I spoke on that already, you know. And somebody's like, no, you have to keep saying, you know, people are, and I'm thinking, okay, you're right, you're right. Um, and so That's I right. have to do better with that, um, especially when I get frustrated that I get calls from people who have fallen victim to something I've already spoke about. And it's like, damn, yeah. you didn't see my video, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. So 
I appreciate that. I do. And I am encouraged and motivated to continue um, this work, um, not just in on videos, but I am um, I will be doing workshops and I will be, you know, going around and, and talking to people in person and, you know, trying to, yeah. you know, get this get this information out to people and, and get to them, not just to them, to their kids, to their neighbors, That's right. you know, co-workers. And spread yeah. the word. Like, if you can talk about the damn chicken sandwich, you can talk That's about right. IT's five R's so you can know what your rights are. You know? I agree. So, yeah. Yes, please, Queen. I encourage you. Please continue because you know what? Like I said, everyone can do it. They all can do right. it. But there's right. something specific about your your way of doing it is what gravitated me to you. So that that you have, you keep doing it. And I know it's going to keep going out there. People are going to watch it. People are going to learn. I'm going to continue to share it and let people know about Ike Speaks platform because how often, let's just be frank, I don't see that many sisters out there in your profession speaking on this kind of behalf. You know, I I, I remember when I was in my undergrad, um, I went to um, Ohio State uh, for my undergrad, did African Studies, um, Diaspora, African Studies um, as a major. And um, I actually was there when um, Michelle Alexander wrote wow. her first book. Yeah, okay, with, wow. um, you know, Mass Incarceration in the Age of mm-hmm. Colorblindness, The New Jim Crow. Yeah. And yeah. I remember, and I was like, oh my God, I, like I said, I didn't know that you guys existed. I right. was like, what? There, there are people out there who really are trying to yeah. help our, our, our concerns. That right. is great, you know? So we might be far few, few in between. We might be far yes. and few in between, but we're here. We're but out you're here, there. fighting you're like hell. Yeah. Yes, you're there, and I, I appreciate you guys so much. So I just want to encourage you, please don't stop. You have your own unique way of doing those um, uh, speeches about all the different informative stuff that you can give us concerning criminal justice system. So please continue to do that, okay? Thank you. I will. I yes. will. Yes. And um, I wanted to share something with you because... Um, I, I want to get in depth of why I personally have my own issue with um, law enforcement in general, um, mm-hmm. as far as mistrusting them and not trusting right. the system in general. Um, mm-hmm. My father, I'm originally from Liberia, um, Queen. Okay. Um, oh, wow. I've been here for 20 yeah, Liberia, West Africa. And oh, I've wow. been here for about I have a connection to the, to the first lady there. Interesting. Oh, you do? Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's so Wayne, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Interesting. Yeah, my Ellen. Because yeah, she's American, cool. you know. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. She, yeah. She, got, she, she is. That's right. I know her family. So, yeah, I know her family. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. More yeah. world. Around. Yeah, no, I know, right? <laughs> yeah. And I know yeah. there's a lot of Liberians out there in New York too. I know yeah. There's a lot of yeah. Out there in New York, yeah. and they're everywhere. But um, that's true. Um, in, in a very early stage of my life, even before I got to America, my father sustained a very tragic um, uh, incident. Fortunately, he survived, but he was a, mm. a victim or a survivor, I like to say, of police shooting actually. And a lot of people don't, don't know about his story. But um, it was in uh, Laguna, no, Newport Beach, California, where he got shot by a 12 day shotgun. Um, basically, this guy intended to kill him, but um, fortunately he lived. And that uh, that changed my whole perspective in general um, right. when I was younger. But as I got to learn more and more, I realized that what happened was my father wasn't, um, it wasn't his fault, but his father wasn't patient enough to really allow the system to work um, mm-hmm. because they ended up settling. They ended right. up settling, Quinn, mm-hmm. and they mm-hmm. sh- shouldn't have settled because he he won in the settlement 1.5, but right. it was such a quick, fast um, settlement that had he given or had, had his, his had my grandfather, his father, given the system long enough, they would have prosecuted that guy and even found a, a, a larger uh, uh, settlement because right. the, the way in which he was shot and the way in which it happened was such. Uh, uh, it was just obvious. It was one of those uh, cases where I'm black and I'm. I'm with uh, my wife on the beach, and they suspect me as a criminal, and boom, they shoot me, and they get arrested. Right. Wow. Uh, but he, he wasn't able to allow the system to really play its course, you know, mm-hmm. run its course. So therefore, he ended up getting something small out of the, the, the piece of the pie, in which he right. could have got a lot more. But I mm-hmm. say that because 
that was what literally, uh, I guess, uh, got my whole attention to the criminal justice system. I, one time I was studying criminal justice um, claim, but I ended up stopped, um going forward because I started getting so much... Uh, I got stopped a lot by the police. I got stopped so many times that discouraged me because mm-hmm. I was like, man, how do I expect to change the system or help change the system if I'm always being victimized by the the same people I want to join? So right. I, that kind of turned me away, and I went. Right. That's why I went right. into um, African study. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, I got stopped so many times that it, it I, I just lost count. To be honest with you. And at gunpoint, I had gunpoint, even on college campus, I had a lot of encounters with the police in my in my growing up. And um, majority of the time, it was because at the time I was, uh, I couldn't fight back as hard as I wanted to because I was still dealing with immigration because right. um, I just became a permanent resident, like literally a year and a half ago. Mm. So because of that, I was very, I was a fear. It was, I was fearful right. trying right. to go against them when I know my papers and everything was still pending. Right, right. right. So I ended up just, yeah. So I, I ended up falling back and allowed a lot of mistreatment by them. Um, mm. So that was from my encounters. But well, uh, I would, you know, I would, I would just say that I would hope that some young people would have the opposite reaction. That when you have yeah. negative experiences with the police, that that is that that causes you to be more inclined to join the police. Yeah. That way you yeah. can make a change, a systemic change, a fundamental change from the inside. Um, I, I think part of the problem is that there are police officers who are policing people they otherwise have no contact with. I right. Agree. And so yeah. if your only your only contact or your only information about a segment of the population is through the music you hear about that they create or the television shows that mimic their lives. And you're going to be misinformed about who they are because there aren't a lot of positive images about us in music or on TV. And if that's their only point of reference, then when they when they encounter us, they're going to treat us or mistreat us. And so I want more young people to go into law enforcement because that is the way to change um, the dynamic, to change the the, the environment. Um, You got to be present. You got to be at the table. In order to make yes. a demand, um, and that's the only way to get there is to no, is to ingratiate, you know, for us to ingratiate ourselves enough to say, "I'm going to do law enforcement." I mean, I got a lot yes. of pushback when I decided to be a prosecutor, right? This young girl coming from the pro- coming from the project, so you're going to be a cop, basically, right? A prosecutor mm-hmm. is the equivalent to to, to popo in the hood, right? Yeah, so you're, yeah, you're no, a you're cop. Right. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. I got a badge, I got, you know, and so yeah. I got a lot of pushback for that. I still do. I still do. I hear a lot of people saying, don't talk to her. She used to be a prosecutor. She locked up black people, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Yes, but you have, if you've ever seen the movies or read the book, The Spook Who Sat Behind It, but sat, sat by the door, then you understand the importance oh, yeah. of the infiltration and learning yeah. and understanding the inner workings of an organization so that you can beat them at their game. I wouldn't be yeah. this good as a defense attorney had I not spent five years as a prosecutor. That's right. That is and right. And so sometimes, That's you right. know, you have to you have to pay your dues. You have to go places where you otherwise would not go so you can learn some shit um, and yep. then bring it back and, and, you know, flip it and, and make it worth something. <laughs> you know? That's right. That's right. That's right. And and I and I also would say it takes courage. It takes yeah. uh, bravado. It takes it takes a lot of uh, you know zeal. You know yeah. for one to to get in that that, that line of work because right. it's not easy. Like you said, you got people in your own community who don't yeah. have anything to do with you, but right. they don't know that you're doing your best to bring a, about a change within the right. whole system. But it's not easy. But it, right. you can't do it by yourself. You know, right. it's going right. to take a community to, mm-hmm. to to make that ultimate change. And like you said, the more you know, the more information, the more power you have. So exactly. the lack thereof, the lack thereof of knowledge and information surrounding the system is why a lot of people get caught up in exactly. many ways. Yep. So if you're so afraid of trying to speak with a person who's you think is your enemy, when 
your your enemy can be sitting next to you, but you don't even know that because you're right. so focused on the person you want to make your enemy because right. that's what you perceive in your mind based on mm-hmm. the, the the information you got that wasn't right. accurate. Right. Yeah. You're absolutely right. So. So I, I'm so glad that you are on our team and you're working diligently to help free a lot of us and to yes. help uh, make sure those who deserve and need to be uh, behind need to be behind, you know, because everyone is not innocent, but everyone is not guilty either. You right. Know? So, right. Yeah. So I, I'm just glad to know that you're on our side and that you're yeah. doing what you're doing. I yeah. am. And I, I noticed that um, <laughs> I saw that I said, wow, this, she's actually a bodybuilder. <laughs> because I, I was looking at somebody, I was like, oh my goodness, she really competes. And then not yeah. only competes, but you are national, nationally qualified to be competitor. So you yeah. are currently with the FEC? No, I was. That was, uh, okay. I stopped competing in 15. I haven't competed okay. in a couple of years. Um, okay. I'm thinking okay. about going back, but well, I did it for about well. five years. Um, okay. I, I, my bio, I think that bio is about two years old. Um, okay. My, okay. I have about a year ago, I took up golf. No, two years. So now okay. my, my obsession is, is golf. It's golf so, now. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so I, but I still, cool. you know, I'm still a gym rat. I'll always be a gym rat. I still love my muscles. I still work That's out. Right. I ran my miles this morning you know I got that I hate the concrete it's still important for me um, to express to as many people as possible especially black women that um, being healthy is a lifestyle choice it's not something that you do for a little while it's not something you do to get ready for your friend's wedding this is what I do all the time that's right I want to live damn it (laughs) I want to live and I want to you know I want to live my best life I don't want to be sick I don't want to need medication I don't want anyone to have to take care of me I don't want to depend on someone else and cause them to forfeit their existence um, to to take care of me that's not fair I I like that I love that that's great you know I'm actually a, a fitness professional as well so I know the value. Yeah, I, I've been actually in the industry for a very long time, since I was like okay. 16. <laughs> I'm, okay. I'm like uh, 37 now. So okay. it's been a good... Excellent, yeah. excellent. Okay. You it's got it, then. You know. Yeah, it's oh, important. Yeah, I know. It's important. It's oh, yeah. important. It's and very it important. It's, a, it's, it's the actual fountain of youth, you know. That, yeah, it is. Like, it is. Yeah, you know. people are surprised yeah. when I tell them how old I am. They're like, why get out yeah. of here? You'd be surprised yeah. how, you know, taking off 20, 30 pounds from your oh, brain, yeah. what it will do oh, yeah. for your for your existence. That's so, right. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. And I, I actually was, um, I was in the, the National Physique um, Committee like uh, okay. seven years ago, but I took, it was like 10 years. I took a 10 years hiatus, not on my okay. own, but because of my immigration situation. Right, and right, right. I, you got to be a citizen I basically... Yeah, I came back, and when I came back, I went into the whole vegan and uh, vegetarian mm. way of doing it, and right, I actually right. uh, ended up winning a competition okay. after ten years, Queen. After wow. ten years of wow. winning, yeah, That's not doing impressive. nothing, I impressive. went back in there, and I I was one one win away, from, one person away from becoming professional the same okay. day. Okay, your pro card, so, nice, nice. Yeah, my pro nice. card, so. It was just a good testament to know that I, I still have it. I haven't lost it. And it's just about right, being consistent. Right. And right. it's about, you know, just being true to yourself. You right. Know? It is. And it takes a lot of discipline. Um, and at the end of the day, you you are that, that change that you should want to be. You know, you are that yeah. change. So if you don't change, how do you expect other people to change? Exactly. You know, or even influence other people to change. Right. So I, I still am active. I just, right now, my boys are my priority, my family, my yeah. wife, my food. That's yeah. my priority at the moment. Right. But right. Right. I feel one day when I actually, uh, when they're older and maybe they want to yeah. work out, maybe that would be my new motivation to get back in it. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Well, look, I'll yeah. tell you, it's a long way for you, but I went running with my 24-year-old <laughs> uh, the other day, and he's 6'4". Okay. 
So that was interesting because oh, wow. I'm five eight. And I'm like, wait, okay. like one of your strides was like three of mine. <laughs> <laughs> but it was cool, you know, to be out there with him and um, you know, still be yeah. able to, to to put him to the paces and you know make him say like, come on, mom, slow down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah. but yeah, you get there, you get there. They, they, it's an awesome experience. Parenting is amazing. It really is. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm looking forward to them being of age so they can be my workout partner. They're not, they're not going to have a choice. Right, day. exactly. Don't give them <laughs> a choice. You're going to work out with daddy. That's right. You're going. Let's go. Yeah. Put your stuff on. Yeah. That's, That's right. right. That's yeah. how you got to do them. I'm, I'm so excited I'll for those. Mine. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm, I'm really excited. I'm looking forward to those days. Um, right now it's rough, but I know it's definitely. Yeah, <laughs> it'll get better. Yeah, yeah. It, it'll get better. Yeah. You know, yeah. hang in there. Hang in there. Yes, no, definitely. And um, I want to talk about your book, um, you know, okay. Black Girl Slim, that you've yes. written. Um, yes. I know, like, we just talked about the whole fitness industry and just you right. know, being fit. Um, so right now, where are you? Are you on another book or this is just... I am currently... Book? So I have a couple of books. Right now I okay. have a children's book out. Like, these are non-law oh these are just yeah uh, i'm a writer i'm a creator i'm creative i i have a lot of stories that have nothing to do with the law um fortunately yeah i have a children's book called fox no gloves which is in the process of being repackaged because it was in an okay. anthology with other short stories um oh. so that book it was in another book so i'm taking that out and redoing that um, which is a okay. smaller project, but I have a book called uh, My Life in Crime, which is pretty okay. much my my story, which is my story okay. of, you know, growing up in the hood, growing up in 40, the crack epidemic and going yeah. to, going away to college and that not working out and coming back and, you know, dating the drug dealers and, you know, almost going on the wrong path and, you know, being yeah. at the trap house and bagging up the drugs and doing yeah. all the wrong shit and you know just how oh, I man, came I to, to read be already. yeah me. right <laughs> you know to make your way out of drugs I, I go to law school I become a DA they put me in narcotics I'm like what the fuck wow. is going on <laughs> right? and that's like, a movie you know, right there Quinn. exactly I, I see a movie already <laughs> I would love to see that. Yes. No lie, yes. I would love to see like a Netflix or even yes. Hulu or one of those guys picking up. That that could be a movie right there. I'm, yeah. I'm enjoying it. Just you talking about it right now. No doubt, no you doubt. Know? I'm working on that. I'm working. So I'm working on that. It's called My Life in Crime. But I'm also working on okay. um, a TV Bible. It's like a series, a TV. Oh. So I'm trying yeah. to, you know, I'm pitching. I have an idea because I have some other gifts that the world doesn't know about. Um, That's what I'm, I'm a talking medium. about. I'm a spirit yeah. medium. And so there have been times where I have been on murder trials and I've had okay. the victims help me. Mm. Um, and so I've got stories about that that I'd like to, to, to pitch and, and tell and, you know, let yeah. people go, ooh, she's a witch. And I go, yeah, she is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, so, you know, I've got a few things in the workings that I'm, you know, hoping to get out to the masses, um, awesome. along with what I said earlier, still trying to go around and um, set up um, some things where I can go out and do some public speaking um, and okay. talk to people and, you know, get the message out, arm them with information on what to do if, you know, they have encounters with the police or if their children have encounters with police, um, because parents yeah. need to understand that we are the front line. We are the front line of defense for our children, Um, and they are going to do whatever we tell them to do. And we saw that um, in the movie for um, the the Netflix documentary for the um, Central Park Five, where one of the young men, right, one of the young guys is like, his father's like, just just do whatever they say, just say whatever they tell you to say. Um, Mm. And and that's mostly because he didn't know what to say, you know, and so we have to... We have to arm ourselves as parents because we do our children a great disservice when they come to us and say, hey, you know, the police was at my school today and the guidance counselor said that the police wanted to talk to me. Right. And you don't know what to do in that moment. You don't know. And you think it's okay. You think, oh, this is a harmless thing. This nothing can come of this until your child is arrested and charged with a felony or some sort because he admitted to being someplace he shouldn't have been where crime occurred. Or, some, you know, something innocuous, yeah. but it, it, somehow now your child is dragged into the bullshit. Um, mm-hmm. And it's because maybe mm-hmm. you didn't know how to keep them out of it. 
Um, and we have yeah. to understand that we don't ever have to let our children speak to the police, ever. Ever, right. ever, ever. You have the right to remain silent. There is no way they can ever compel you to speak to them for any reason without yeah. an attorney. Never. Yeah. Right? And even yeah. if they give you an attorney, you could still say, I don't got shit to say. I don't have That's nothing right. to say to either one of you. Nobody can yep. force you to talk. And police officers are allowed to lie. They are allowed to yep. lie to us. And so if they get you in the room, um, they can tell you all manner of shit to try to convince you to tell mm. them what they want to hear. Because they're yeah. not trained to get the truth. They're not trained to extract the that's truth. Right. They're trained to extract a confession. And that's something that's right. very different than the mm-hmm. truth. The confession is you only telling me a story that's consistent with what I told you. That's right. Right? And that's, that's how right. it often works. It's like, yo, we know what you did. We know you was down at so-and-so and you was with so-and-so and y'all did this. And you're like, I didn't do none of that. And then 10 hours later, you're like, I want to go home. And 10 hours after that, you know, and then so 20 hours, you're sitting in there and they're like, just tell us what happened. And then you just regurgitate what they've been telling you for the past 20 hours. And that's called a confession. That's a confession. And I've had that happen. I've had that happen to grown men, grown Mm. men who think that they are well-versed in the system and have watched numerous episodes of A, uh, 48 Hours, right? Yeah. Um, But still get into a police precinct I had one guy who confessed to a whole murder (laughs) from two years before that he hadn't done and we actually had to have a whole trial they offered him 20 years 20 years can you think about the prospect of that you go to pay a ticket a parking ticket and the next thing you know you're arrested and you're in jail without any bail because you're charged with murder so you're remanded you're remanded you gotta get your, your, your somebody to call your job you got to make arrangements for somebody to pick up your kid because you are now in jail. You're incarcerated. And so when the police say to you, just tell us this because then we'll let you go or we'll put in a good word for the DA or these cops in this instance printed up the statute to try to convince this young man that he was he was not liable for any murder because he was defending himself and that's manslaughter and so if he just admitted to that and write out this statement then he'd be Mm -hmm. able to go home and so he wrote out a statement and they gave him some Mm. nice iron bracelets and a nice four by four cell to sit and think Mm. about his statement and he didn't go anywhere for two years two years pre-trial detention until we went to trial and he was acquitted of all charges which almost never happens right because most jurors most people think that if you confess to a crime you did it yeah you did it and so those are the most difficult cases to try to convince the jury that what you said was the result of duress right and so i try to educate people about that and how easy it is for you to to say some things that you don't know the import of right say the police stop you on the street and yeah. it was a robbery. There was a robbery up the block at 7-Eleven. You don't know that. They're like, where you mm-hmm. coming from? If you just came from that lot, that 7-Eleven, you just placed yourself someplace where a crime occurred. You don't know mm-hmm. that. That's why you don't say shit. You don't answer any That's questions. Right. I'm fucking telling you where I came from. Yeah. I don't have yeah. to answer any questions. And so one of the things that I, I you know, I am always hammering is called the five R's. And mm-hmm. so, I guess yes, one please. The five R's is it's like the easiest thing I think for kids to remember is when you are okay. in a police encounter. All right. Mm-hmm. So five R's is you want the first thing you want to do is you want to remain silent. You have the okay. right to remain silent. So remain silent. You don't have to talk to the police. You don't have to be belligerent. You can just tell them I have the right to remain silent and I'm going to use it. I'm going to exercise it. Okay. Um, that's that's easy. Um, don't reach. Don't reach for anything. Um, even if they ask you for uh, uh, identification, you must announce your movements. If the police say, um, I want to see your license, say, it's in my back pocket. I'm going to go reach for it. Or do you mind if I reach for it with my right hand in my back? I don't, and this might sound ridiculous, but this might be the thing that saves your life. Because the police yeah. are as afraid of you as you are of them. Right? I'm not making yeah. any excuse for a police officer. There's going to be a thousand people saying the nation have been cops here. I don't live in the world as it should be. I live in the world as it is. 
and these people are cops, right? Yeah. So let's deal with reality. Mm-hmm. They're afraid of your black skin. So announce your movements. Do not reach, right? Do yes. not run. Don't run from the police. Don't run because you are going to end up like Walter Scott shot yes. in the back, all right? Yes. Because police officers will make up and concoct the story that they thought that you were a threat, even in your yes. flight, that you might mm-hmm. harm someone else. And that somehow justifies the action that they took. You saw the mm. police officer in that case. Um, I don't think they got a conviction on the state level, but he got a conviction on the federal level. But I don't think it involved much time. Um, yeah. So don't run. Don't yeah. react. Right. We tend to be um, confrontational with the police. Yeah. Right. Speak about and that. and mm-hmm. we tend to do the we I know my rights, mother. You ain't got to be pulling me over. And then, listen, that's mm-hmm. not going to get us anywhere. And I'm not saying to trade that for obsequiousness. I am not yeah. suggesting that you turn into yes, a man, yes, a master, yes, a ma'am. Yeah. I'm not. That's yeah. not what I'm suggesting. I'm not. Mm-hmm. But carry yourself with respect and dignity right. at all times. You do not yeah. have to do the, the the neck roll and the and the cursing and the. the that's that's right. not going to get us anywhere, not anywhere. Yeah. Um, and the last one is request a lawyer. Request yeah. a lawyer if you are in custody, and that's where my in my free to leave campaign comes in. If you are being asked questions by a police officer, the only thing you need to ask him is, "Am I free to leave?" And if that's they right. say no. That's when you remain silent and request mm-hmm. the lawyer because at that point you are in custody. You may not be under arrest at that point. There's a difference between being under arrest and being in police custody, right? And so yes. you may not be free to leave before you're under arrest. It could be that they're holding you to see if the person they claim was, you know, that said they were robbed, they're bringing that person around to see if you fit the description. So they might be holding you on the corner somewhere, right? And Mm -hmm. so remain silent. Don't admit that you was just at the goddamn store, right? Remain silent. Um, And so those are the five R's. You know, don't run, don't reach, uh, don't react. Do remain silent and do request a lawyer. And and when you ask that question, am I free to leave? There's only two ways a cop can answer that. And the first I yeah. already said, if, it, if, if they say you are not free to leave, that means you are in custody. That means you have the right to remain silent and you have the right to counsel. Right. So yeah. so enjoy yeah. that. Um, and if they say you are free to leave, just leave. Don't leave like yeah. you better have punk fish motherfuckers. You know how we do. <laughs> <laughs> like better have our own that cop. And you know all this yeah. nonsense. Then, then the cops be like, yeah. come back, come back, come back. You ain't gotta go. <laughs> now right. you got to go. Now you're going to spend the night. You know, now you got the iron bracelet. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so just leave. If they say you are free to leave, just leave. Um, you know, and, and then with a word on the videotaping, you are free to videotape in most states. You can as long as you don't interfere um, with the yeah. police, um, whatever they're doing, you're free to videotape. And, and that's all, that's always well and good. That's that's always fine to do. Um, but, I, you know, I encourage people to share the five R's because I think that, that can help a lot of people. Yes. And I know you have a video on that. So I will be sharing yes. that video profusely around everywhere. Um, yes. wow. and I'm, I'm going to do I, another one because I, I know okay. I got to keep hammering, you know, these ideas, these concepts, these notions. I have to keep yeah. hammering them. Um, home, so I definitely will be doing another one on the five That's R's. Awesome. Yeah, awesome. and you know what? That what you just talked about the five R's is a perfect, perfect segue into what I wanted to just um, talk to you about real quickly because I know we're winding down on time. But right. um, I want to share a story with you real quickly. All right, okay. that actually happened to me, and okay. um, we are here on the Truth Reveal Campaign TRC. Uh, podcast, so I'm going to reveal some of my truth. Okay, um, it was a couple of years ago. I was a, I was a, at the time a practicing Rastafari at a mm-hmm. very high high level. Um, I lived in Maryland. I was on my way to Ohio, and I at the point at the time had a, a card, a cannabis card. Um, okay. Now the cannabis card that I had was it was a state card i guess it was in general just a state um cannabis card just saying that you have access to right. you can yeah to cannabis right so mm-hmm. i have my own personal uh use 
with me. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I thought about it later, but like I said, I was operating under uh, Rastafari way of life. So right. in, in that way of life, there's nothing wrong at all with having, being, surrounding yourself with cannabis, period. Right. Um, that's just a way of life. So I happened to be in that reality. So I was uh, driving. Um, I had my own personal stash. I was driving and I ended up um, being stopped, being pulled over. And the way it happened was basically I was, um, there was a big truck. You know, every time when you're trying to pass a truck, you got to speed up in order to get past that truck. Right. right. So I sped up to get past the truck and the guy clocked me. And this was in, I don't know if you're familiar with Maryland, but it was in Cumberland, uh, 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 Maryland. And um, basically, Cumberland, Maryland has, I wasn't aware at the time, but it has a college that I guess they say it was known for drug trafficking and all this crap. Mm. So I said, okay, whatever. But the guy pulled me over and um, he basically uh, felt that I had, he, he had to like search me. And everything that you just talked about, the five R's, I confided right. in everything. Because right? right. I, I know that, like I said, my father got shot earlier. You know, right. he was like, he wasn't doing nothing. He was just on the bench. Um, right. If you ever get a chance, um, his name is Sundaga Bryant. If you look it up, his case is all over LA Times and everything. Wow. Um, but yeah, he, he basically wasn't doing anything. So I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to try to end up like that. So I was quiet. I remained silent. I didn't reach. I didn't do, I was just like the perfect person to stop. So they pulled me over. They, um, basically, you know, say, you know what, sir, uh, we smell, uh, marijuana and we, we need to, you know, basically search your car and all, you know, all the whole, and all that stuff. So I said, oh, um, all right, well, I can't argue because, like, I remember watching your video <laughs> about that. Uh, you addressed the whole marijuana stuff. And right. um, I remember you said, as long as they, they smell it, they do have, that I wasn't aware before, they do have their their, their, their right to, to search it. So because he said he smelled it, and um, and I was just, like, reading before I got in the car, so that the, 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 the cologne was still on me. So I basically, uh, when he smelled it, he wanted me to get out of the car. Long story short, he basically got me out of the car. Uh, I was quiet. I was silent. I was cooperative and everything. And um, they asked me, okay, what would you like to do with your car? Because do you want us to tow it to um, to a location? I said, no, no, I'm, 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 I want you to leave it there because I will be back to get it. Um, and then he said, you sure? I was like, yeah. I, I, this is this. I've never been. This this is my first time ever being. Uh, under the rest with the law in this matter, and he said, "Okay, well, whatever, that's fine." So they took me down. They uh, the they they processed me and everything. Guess what they did to me? I clean. What? They strip searched me. Now I want to oh. ask you a question. Yeah, I I I I got I know guys have done some serious time. Okay, serious right. time, right. and they never for anything like that at an old county jail ever been strip searched. And I told him, I was like, what? You were strip searched? I was like, yes, I was strip searched. And the reason I say that, because one of the guys, he mentioned, he said he thought I was high green, Queen. He thought what? He thought I was high green. Are you familiar with high green? (laughs) I'm serious. He thought I was high green. So, for whatever reason, I guess he said, okay, it's my time to be a pervert and try to see what this guy got under. You know, so he yeah, basically wow. stripped, they strip searched me. I, I felt very violated, humiliated. They made me take, at the time I used to wear my, my, my Rasta hat and with my hair covered and everything, make me take my everything. And I sat there for several hours. I, I went, they, they saw me. And basically after I told them everything, they let me go. And like I told them, I said, um, I was going to get my car, which I ended up getting my car back. But the, the crazy story, the crazy thing about this whole story, though, Queen, the reason I'm telling you this is because the same people who pulled me over, and at that time I was still going through immigration um, litigation uh, with my attorney and everything for mm-hmm. trying to stay in this country. So they were trying to threaten me or sending me back. But mm-hmm. check this out. The same people who were trying to ruin my life, guess what mm-hmm. you got? A billboard on on that highway on um was it 70 to 68 i think the 68 that goes through uh, uh maryland uh they got a big billboard you know what that billboard says what now accepting medical marijuana 
<laughs> okay. A big, huge billboard right. that says that. And these are the same people that was trying to prosecute me and ruin my whole life because right. they felt I had something I shouldn't have had. And mind you, I had a card. And at that time in Maryland, if you have a card, you have the right to consume. And they left it. And I read the laws and everything within the, the, the Rights of the Cannabis Act within Maryland. It said as long as you have uh, uh, a card, uh, which is your recommendation, you have, uh, it's up to you what recommendation, how much you need. It, it, no one can tell you what what the amount you need within Maryland's law. So I guess they felt, no, you're wrong. It's not, whatever you say, it's not correct. I kept trying to appeal to them. It's like, no, whatever you say, it's not right, it's wrong. And now they got a big old billboard in the same area I got pulled over <laughs> saying now accepting miracle marijuana. <laughs> well, you know, things, you know, time brings change, one, but yeah. what did you do as a result of your experience? Did you file a complaint? Well, at the time, like I was saying, um, I was still going to immigration, so I didn't right. have all my papers are still like in process, right? And right. I haven't actually. You know what? I did file a complaint. I did because I was still pending, but I I called the I think it was the ACLU, one of those people. I said, listen, I was so like traumatically. I was I was really like I was hurt. I really I feel hurt. My pride, everything was 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 damaged for a very long time. I had to get over it, but mm -hmm. I called them. I wrote them. I wrote them a letter, a letter, I called them, they said, it, they wrote me a letter back saying, well, we can't help you based on the, they, they gave me some reason that it wasn't, uh, uh, I guess, a case that they can do anything about, there's nothing they can do, and I can, I guess it discouraged me, so I just left it alone, and just, mm -hmm. um, uh, went, just left it alone, and I told myself, once I get my immigration situated, I feel like I have to file a formal a complaint against that police department of what they did to me and everything they 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 they've done, right. and you know in 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 some way I was getting some type of accountability for what they did. I, and I I don't feel like what they did was right. I just I feel wrong. I was like, nah, this is this don't make sense. You gonna you gonna well, I mean that's before. that's something that you should have talked to an attorney about. It depending on how um, long ago it happened. And maybe oh, no, no, please, I did. No, I had, okay. a, I had an attorney. Matter of fact, I didn't give you the whole story. I had an attorney. I had to get a retainer for an attorney. Um, I had to pay him over 3500 And I was told that was a pretty good discount at the time. And I was like, really? Well, not for me because the things I had to go through is just to get that money. But anyway, I got the attorney and um, the, the whole case got expunged and everything. But I expunged it on my own. But he he um he uh, defended me. But he was telling me, no, 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 don't worry about it. Don't you know you you should just worry about trying to get off. Don't try to go um to go file a complaint against them and all this. He just don't waste your time. I'm like you for real. And this is the advice that he was giving. To leave right. alone, like don't don't worry about it. Just move on, you know. And I I was on like this. I don't know some weird probation. So like if you are if you stay um, out of problems or out of trouble for this amount of time, then they're not gonna. I forgot what it's called. He gave he had, he said it was some title. But if you stay out of trouble for this amount of time, then they're gonna just scratch everything. It's like it never happened. Right. So and that, so and that's not uncommon that most people take the path of least resistance because yeah. when they feel violated, you know, a lot of times we just want it to be over. You want, it to yeah. be, you want to get through it, you want to be passed, you want to move on with your life. I mean, so people don't, there's no follow-up, there's no recourse, there's no complaint, there's no civil lawsuit uh, for violating yeah. my civil rights. Um, yeah. and, so, and so there's no, um, rec no recourse for the police officer because there's no complaint. And so he's yeah. free to continue to do whatever he's been doing because nobody is going to check him. That's um, right. So unfortunately, that happens all too often with black yeah. people. We're just so happy that one, they either let us go or they gave us back something that we were already entitled to have, like our own property or our car. Um, and then mm -hmm. we just take it on a chin like, yeah, you know, that's fucked up what they did to us. And then that's yeah. just it. There's no follow up. But, you know, we yeah. have to we have to make sure that there is a paper trail for police officers like that who are going to engage in that type of violation so that when it happens again it's documented it's yes. documented and so he might be strip searching everybody which is not uncommon let me just say it's not uncommon in a drug arrest for there mm -hmm. to be a strip search it's not uncommon but okay. you know it's different policies everywhere um okay. every and different policies everywhere in new york city they do do that here as well 
Um, okay. Depending on the type of arrest, usually if it's a drug or narcotics offense, they will do a strip search because it's not uncommon for people to hide drugs yeah. in their anal cavity. Um, no, I know, I know. Hide I... them in the, you know, transporting in the chocha. So, <laughs> so that happens. Um, yeah. So that happens. No, but we right. do have to, we do have to be steadfast in, um, in our recourse when we are wronged and we are when we are an aggrieved person we have to make sure that we let people know that this happened to me and it's not okay yes i agree and and i want to ask you and from your personal experience and professional experience um is there any like um statute of limitation or something like that is there anything i can do going forward or is that typically it's, it's typically if you're trying to bring a civil rights action um for violation of your civil rights like false arrest false imprisonment mm-hmm. things of that nature which sounds like what you're i think is three years oh three okay. years from when you're when you know when, when the yes from when it happened yeah okay so, okay i don't yeah, know I if that is was it longer than three years no, I think it was around, I think it was 17, 16, 17, around that time, maybe hitting the three, but it was like 2016, 2017, around okay. that time. It was the end of the okay. year, so I still got a little bit of time, yeah. In my head. Okay, and who would I, who would I go to? What would I, what would you I need do? a civil rights attorney. You need, to, you need a civil attorney. rights attorney. Yeah, preferably that one, one that practices in that area, that jurisdiction. Okay, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Definitely. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, but I did apply the five R's though. <laughs> I would say. Okay. That. Good. I'm glad to I, hear I that. I did. I'm, I'm glad, glad to hear that. that. So, that's why I, I left. Um, I left um, unscathed. To be frank, outside of the humiliation and all the other um, right situation I went through, but I left with my life. Right, and that's I the most important part. Right, because yes. five R's is not a guarantee. There are no guarantees. No. Five. The yeah. five R's are just tools so that you can survive the encounter. That is the ultimate goal always. You cannot have recourse. You cannot have recompense. You cannot fight back if you're dead. So that's the goal of the five R's. It's not to guarantee that you'll get out of a police encounter unscathed, but it's to give you some tools to reduce the likelihood that you'll be dead, that you'll get dead through a police encounter. No, definitely yeah yeah and, and and i would say the officer it was two of them the other one of the officers from my left side was he drove his gun and he was ready to fire and i wow. i just i i said no nah, this is not my life it's not about to end like, i saw it i saw everything i was like right, right. right. No, i'm not right. i'm not going out like this man let me just right. get out right. this car you know what i mean I, I i was like no i'm not going out like this not no way <laughs> scary scary stuff it is it was very scary i'm not gonna lie it was yeah. very scary yeah, and I don't get scared easily, so it, right. it, it shook me. It shook me hard. Right. But, um, right. but yeah, I, I appreciate you so much. Um, you know, like I said, just making yourself available to be. Yes. On the well, thank you for having me. Thank yeah, you for having nah, me. Definitely. I appreciate and, you know, it, and uh, hopefully I, I your, like your viewers will will adopt the five R's and spread them far and wide. <laughs> no, definitely. And and you know, um, they also are going to be on um, Apple. Uh, podcast and Spotify podcast. That's where you can find my podcast, and awesome. you know, hopefully, they sh- yeah, they spread the word as well. But, yeah, and you know, I'll share it as well as soon as I find. Yeah, it, no, that's share it. I would greatly appreciate that. But do you sure. have any final words, last comments, or any um, you know little tidbits you can give to the listening audience where they can find you? You know, sure. and just anything that you feel that will help anyone out there listening. Sure, sure. Um, aside from the five R's, which I said, employ that. The, those um, are great tech, uh, tactics. But you can find me on most social media platforms. Twitter is Ike Speaks. Um, Ike Speaks on Instagram and Ike Speaks fan page on Facebook. I also have a website. It's IkeSpeaks.net where okay. there is a link to most of the videos. Um, IkeSpeaks.net okay. is I-K-I-E Speaks. I-K-I-E-S-P-E-A-K-S dot net um, and it has mm-hmm. a link to most of the YouTube videos um, awesome. on there um, and, and um, the book Black Girl Slim is on Amazon as well and I will be copying that I will be getting that cool excellent excellent yep what about the other books my other book um, yeah. My Life in Crime is it on Amazon no not yet I'm still working on that okay. one 
I'm not. It's okay. not out yet. I'm, I'm hoping okay. to have it out by early next year. Okay. Early next cool. year. I'll be looking out for that. I, 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 yeah. I, everything you got. I, I want. I want to get encouraged, and I want to spread it to the next young woman that's coming up, young queen that, yes, that wants definitely. to be in that profession. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Um, my only, my only, um, my last, my parting words um, is yes. for all of us to to be informed because information is power. Um, yes. To be to to respond to the stimulus that is being thrown as at us as a people, for us to respond to not to, and to not be reactionary because there is yes. a difference. Um, and if we are informed, then we will be less likely to react and more likely to respond accordingly. I and mean, so that's my goal is that we all become intellectually curious um, enough so that our critical thinking is based on more than just our opinion. Um, And so that's all I want. I just, that's all I want for us is to be informed because information is power. I agree wholeheartedly. All right. So thank you so much, Queen. Thank you for having me. me. It was a pleasure. like, Like folks, like I always say, know yourself, know your neighbors, and know the truth wholeness, balance, and vibration. This is your host, Tom J. Make sure to subscribe to the Truth Reveal campaign on Apple and Spotify podcasts. Until such time, stay positive, keep the balance, check negative, keep your head on the swivel, and make sure you subscribe and share with your friends and your family who seek the truth. Good day, good evening, good night, and we'll see you soon. Thank hey. you so much, Quinn, and I will Thank be you. in touch. Yeah, well. you have a be- beautiful night and a Thank awesome you. week. You too. Yes. Thanks.